My entitled boss pretended to have COVID for eight weeks just so he could go on a reality TV show. But when I found out, I decided to get revenge. So I set up a virtual watch party with my entire company, exposing him for the liar that he is. And as a result, he ended up getting fired. Here's what happened. So mid-pandemic, my boss disappeared just as we were gearing up for our most challenging, time-intensive project in the last five years, he dropped off the face of the earth. We kept working for a week or so without him because everything was virtual and the virtual work world was still so new. We didn't really need him, to be honest. We were delegating tasks ourselves and completing things on our own. We spoke to coworkers maybe twice a week, but some decisions were beyond our discretion, so we could not move forward on those aspects of the project until we received a response from him. After about 10 days of complete silence, we finally called our boss's boss, who informed our team that our boss had COVID, so he wasn't able to work right now. We took that at face value, of course, and we sent him letters of well wishes and didn't bother him with work stuff or ask why he was able to notify his boss, but not his team. Nonetheless, three weeks go by and still not a word. We are beginning to discuss amongst ourselves whether or not maybe he's passed away. We're terrified and horrified and so concerned. We're contemplating calling his extended family. We're sending flowers and care packages to his apartment. And meanwhile, the project has descended into chaos because no leader was appointed in our boss's stead. So we are forced to navigate several layers of bureaucracy in order to accomplish most anything at all. Whereas in the past, he would have just signed off on it in real time. Around week four or five, one of our co-workers suggested that he doesn't really have COVID, but is instead using it as an excuse to take time off. We all jump all over our co-worker, asking how he could insinuate something like that and lamenting about what a tragedy our boss is probably living through. People were really cold with him after that for a few days. Week seven rolls around and we are undertaking a letter writing campaign to upper management demanding that an acting boss be appointed while ours is still recovering. The project is a month behind schedule. We were all working overtime every single day and sometimes we were working on the weekends all without extra compensation and we were doing this just to keep up with the absolute nightmare of the boss's sudden absence. Week eight rolls around and he finally reappears logging into a morning meeting as though nothing had happened. He looks well rested, well fed, and he has a tan. Not at all like someone who's just come out of the other side of a six-week respiratory virus. And right about at this moment is where things really pop off in a way that I seriously never expected. Our boss goes on to say something like, yeah, that was brutal. I'm just glad to be better and I'm glad to be back. Let's get back to work. But when we ask him, he doesn't want to talk about what happened or even answer any of our questions. Not even answering what it was like or if he was in the hospital. Fast forward to about four or five months after this and my sister sends me a promo of a fairly new reality TV show. She then says to me, isn't this a guy friend of yours or something? I swear I've seen him and you together. I watched the trailer for the show and lo and behold, there's my boss participating as a contestant on a reality TV show. It did not take long for me to put the pieces together and realize that he took an extended leave to go on television and just straight up lied about it under the guise of a vicious disease that nearly all of us had lost a loved one to. And he did this because he knew he would never get the time off, especially when we're in the middle of this massive project. After watching this, I sit and stew with this information, unsure of how to handle it. I know confronting him won't get me very far, but I can't just do nothing, right? I'm not close enough with any of my colleagues to discuss this with them and trust that they wouldn't run off and send an all-company email about it. So I slept on it for a few nights, and then the opportunity fell right in my 
my lap. I got an email from corporate encouraging teams still working remotely to plan virtual social functions to keep colleague culture going and to stay in touch. Among the suggestions were game night, trivia night, and a watch party. With the premiere of the show only a couple weeks away, I got busy telling everyone how I'd been meaning to get into this show, and it's so enticing and exciting, basically laying the groundwork to guilt them into coming to an impromptu virtual watch party off hours. I offered to get special shirts made up and send them to each person's house, whatever I had to do to get the attention of corporate. Finally, I sent a digital invite to all of my boss's bosses and any other members of corporate that I could justify inviting without making a total idiot of myself. Because this is entirely virtual, my boss is unable to overhear any of the chatter. He doesn't realize I'm hyping up the show, and he doesn't realize I've planned a watch party for it specifically. I wasn't inviting him unless he had the guts to explicitly ask about it. I was hoping that he wouldn't have heard about it at all. Not until afterwards, at least. That was really the only way that this could work. The night comes and I am screen sharing the show to a whopping 64 people, which is a huge chunk of my department. Many members of corporate had shown up because I was the only person stupid enough to buy into their virtual social work party scheme, so they felt pressure to come and support it. I was holding my breath, hoping this would go my way, bracing myself for some kind of curveball, but there wasn't even that dramatic of a buildup. Right at the onset, they introduced the premise, which included the contestants being in a COVID safe bubble in an exotic location, and gave a brief overview of each contestant. As my boss was introduced, right down to what he did for work, and I could see people register delight and surprise. Then they just went blank, just before sliding into confusion and rage. The chat took a drastic turn from oh my goodness, all the way up until a member of the team typed out, wait a second, when was this filmed? My audience dropped from 64 to 58, all the way down to the mid-30s. And by the time the episode was over, it was just me and the other 15 core members of the team. One asked if I'd already known, but some members of the team are very close to the boss. So all I said was, well, I definitely do now, and I wrapped up the call pretty quickly after that. Perhaps one of the bonuses is that you could already tell from one episode that the character arc the show assigned to our boss was the bumbling idiot. He had his true colors on full display and some production massaging up that to the 11th degree. Well, wouldn't you guess it? My boss was fired. My good buddy was promoted to his place, and I am now an office legend, especially since no one is 100% sure whether or not it was intentional. And it was all so satisfying that it was almost worth the dozens of hours of uncompensated overtime that finally led to this moment. Wow, that boss is a complete idiot. Seriously, if you want to be on a reality TV show, it is definitely not a good idea to pretend like you've got COVID. This guy took eight weeks off of work just to go to some stupid island or whatever he's doing and participate in reality TV. Like, seriously, was it worth your job, buddy? What a stupid move to do. And it doesn't help either that production's like, all right, we're going to make this guy look like the bumbling idiot. Like, was it worth it, buddy? Was it worth having your reputation tarnished as well as losing your job just so you can go on this stupid reality TV show? Like, honestly, I'm all about people taking time to do what they love as well as to pursue their dreams. Like, go for it. But lying about having COVID just to take time off to do this stupid TV show, that, in my opinion, is incredibly unethical. Like, that is seriously messed up. And you absolutely had this coming. Like, what did you think was going to happen? Did this guy seriously think that no one was going to watch this show from his department? Did he really think that his bosses were not going to find out about this? Like, this guy seriously did not think this through in the slightest. So good for the original poster for exposing their boss for the fraud that they were being. Because abandoning your team for eight weeks just to go on some dumb reality TV show was seriously a 
stupid idea, and this guy absolutely deserved to get fired. If you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out, link down below in the description. A professor is forced to speak at a school event against his will, breaking a 30-year-long streak of never having to speak at any of these events. So instead of giving a 10-15 to minute speech, this professor decides to maliciously comply and keeps everyone there for well over an hour and a half, just despite the dean that forced him to do it in the first place. Here's what happened. Back when I was in high school, whenever an important date approached, like Independence Day or Memorial Day, we would line up in the courtyard and we would have to be standing still as in formation and one of the teachers would do a speech about the date and the importance of it. Those speeches were about 10 to 15 minutes long and the teacher doing the speech would rotate amongst all the faculty and since there were quite a few teachers, each teacher was due around once a year or less than that. There was one notable omission on the teacher's roster. The mechanography teacher never did a speech. Absolutely never. Let's call him Mark. Mark is not his real name. He would always refuse and get away with it for whatever reason. In around 30 or so years of teaching at the school, it became pretty famous that he never did a speech. That is, until this one day, when I guess the dean just got out of bed on the wrong foot, or whatever, and he absolutely demanded that Mark is gonna give a speech. There was no way to get away from it. Mark would have to do it. His first speech in 30 years or so at the school. Even some of the faculty, former students of Mark themselves, were excited to see the outcome of this power struggle between Mark and the dean. So we all lined up at the courtyard, 150 students, 15 to 20 teachers, etc. And Mark took the stand and the mic with definitely a smirk of malicious compliance on his face. And then he delivered. He went on for more than 45 minutes of an absolutely drowsing speech, telling every single minute detail and every single fact about the date in question. For the students, it was absolute destruction, having to stand still and silent for almost an hour, all while trying not to fall asleep on our feet. And if we weren't quiet, we would then be punished. The dean tried to stop Mark twice. The first time, Mark just completely ignored the dean. The second time, Mark just plainly told the dean, you wanted me to do the speech, you're going to have to deal with it. And he said this for the whole audience to hear. About 30 to 35 minutes later, some of the older students who simply didn't care anymore started shouting things at Mark. Nothing hurtful, but colorful commentaries about the speech. We all started laughing, but Mark carried on as if nothing happened. The dean tried to take the stand to demand silence, but Mark denied the dean, saying, I'm not finished yet. That day, we lost probably an hour and a half of teaching time. We ended up hating Mark for the torture he put us through. When he finished, the dean had no choice but to give us a short, unscheduled break before returning to our classes. Over the years, I've realized what an absolute masterpiece of malicious compliance Mark delivered. And trust me when I say this, Mark never gave a speech at that school ever again. That is honestly awesome. Mark is my absolute hero. I mean, seriously, this guy just wanted to watch the world burn. He was like, oh, okay, you want me to give a speech, huh? Prepare for the longest speech you've ever heard in your life, especially for students. An hour and a half. Like, seriously, think about that for a second. Imagine it's like Columbus Day, and this teacher's going on for an hour and a half about all the details of Columbus Day. I mean, after 15 minutes, this would have gotten old really quick. But having to sit there for another hour and 15 and endure this level of malicious compliance is honestly hilarious to me. I mean, talk about getting back at your boss and saying, oh, okay, you want me to talk? Let's talk forever. And I bet this professor could have gone a lot longer as well. I'm sure he could have gone on for at least another hour, but instead decided to probably just cut it short as he felt like his message was getting across. That being that no, you're never going to ask me to give a speech ever again. So seriously, good for Mark. This guy's 
awesome. He put the entire administrative staff in their place. And hopefully for their sake, as well as the sake of anybody else that would have to listen, Mark will never be asked to give a speech ever again. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. My sister-in-law is secretly swiping some of my makeup and putting it in her own containers. And I'm so baffled by her decision to steal from me, I now seriously don't know what to do. So to start things off, I've always been an avid makeup lover, and I take pride in curating my collection. It's my creative outlet and a way to boost my self-confidence. However, over the last few weeks, I noticed that some of my favorite products were getting like half in quantity, and this was all out of nowhere. At first, I shrugged it off as me being merely absent-minded. But last night proved me wrong. Our house is under construction, so my sister-in-law usually uses my washroom. She has kept her little makeup bag there too on a side shelf, which is completely okay to me since I keep my makeup bag in my washroom too to just retouch my makeup sometimes. Now, last night, I noticed her makeup bag was a bit open and was laying really close to the sink. So I decided to zip it up and put it on the side shelf so that water doesn't get in it. Upon zipping the bag, I noticed a small bottle laying inside with some liquid which looked exactly like the makeup product that I recently purchased that went half missing. I got pretty stunned and I decided to check if it was mine and so I applied some and wow, it was exactly my makeup product that was basically half full. The same scent, shade, texture, everything. Just put in a different glass container. So now I know why my makeup item was feeling less full. I was initially taken aback and puzzled by this behavior. I could not fathom why she would resort to such sneaky tactics when she could have just asked me to borrow some and I would have helped her out. Mind you, she has asked me a thousand times before and not even once have I told her to not use my stuff. I actually am so welcoming towards her sharing my makeup as well as my clothes or skincare. We've always had a decent and fun relationship, or so I thought to some degree. It's not like I would have denied her request, but instead, she chose to do it behind my back, which has left me feeling a bit hurt and a bit betrayed. Now, I find myself at a crossroads, unsure of how to handle 
this situation. My husband was surprised too and said I should put my makeup product in other small containers and put them in her makeup bag so she understands. But I think that is too drastic so I won't be doing that. He also suggested me to speak to my mother-in-law who is a really good friend and she is a very unbiased and wise woman. But honestly, I'm not sure what's the most mature way to go about doing this. I think my sister-in-law knows that I know because she's been having this quiet and guilty face since the morning. She also isn't even speaking to me. What should I do? There are quite a few options in my opinion of what you could do in this situation. First of all, you could talk to your sister-in-law if you really wanted to. If you are seriously that close with your sister-in-law, then maybe you could talk to her and be like, hey, are you stealing my stuff? And if she is, just ask her politely not to do it anymore. But if you really don't want her taking your stuff, then it's time to start locking away your makeup. And here's the thing, the product being taken could be anything. It could be food, it could be drinks, whatever. The fact of the matter is, someone else is stealing your products that you bought and is literally trying to get away with it. And that, in my opinion, is completely inappropriate. And you know what? Makeup is expensive. Some of that stuff costs a lot of money for very little product. So the fact that she's taking half of that is really uncalled for. That small vial of makeup could have easily at least cost like 40 bucks or something like that. And to get half of that taken away all of the sudden overnight, that would probably make me mad as well if I was in their shoes. So honestly, if I was in your place, I would probably just start locking the makeup away. I think the old saying of out of sight, out of mind really does come to mind here. And maybe if you remove this from the equation, she can eventually get the hint that no, she can't steal from you anymore. And if she wants to use your makeup, she's going to have to start asking like an adult for your stuff instead of sneaking around behind your back just to try and take it without you knowing, which in and of itself is incredibly selfish as well as incredibly childish. And unless she wants some kind of fallout or some kind of big blow up between the two of you, she seriously needs to stop her actions. Am I the jerk for leaving my family vacation after they forced me and my pregnant wife to sleep in a bunk bed instead of a regular bed? Here's what happened. So just to set the stage, me and my family went on vacation at a location about eight hours away, and this was all for a wedding. I have two sisters, both are married, and one has a one-year-old kid. My parents rented an Airbnb so my family could stay at the same place for five days. Check-in is at 4 p.m. Both my sisters and parents get there right on time, but me and my wife, who is seven and a half months pregnant, arrive at the Airbnb at 4.30 p.m. or so. We start to unload the car and ask where our room is. My mom responds by saying, you guys get the bunk bed. And me, thinking that it was a joke, I say to them, oh, I hope I get the top bunk. Their response was, no, actually, you get the bunk bed. That's when I realized they were 100% serious. While my two other sisters get a room for themselves and their husbands with queen-size beds, me and my wife get the literal kids' room with a bunk bed. My wife and I don't want to cause a scene, and we still want to be grateful for my parents paying for our accommodations. So we agreed to just give the bed a try for one night and see how it goes. Fast forward to bedtime, and around 12 o'clock, we lay down on the bed for the first time, and it's as if you're sleeping on a wooden board. It's extremely uncomfortable, even for me, which means my wife was in a lot more pain due to her being pregnant. We toss and turn for a couple of hours, and finally, we both agreed to just go sleep on the couch in the living room. It's around 2 o'clock in the morning. The couch is by no means comfortable, but in comparison to the bed, it was a lot better. We get a couple of hours of sleep when my dad wakes up and sees us on the couch and decides to go to the master bedroom to not disturb us. Again, we don't want to create a scene, so we just go back upstairs and try to get a little bit more sleep on the bunk bed before everybody wakes up. We end up getting around an hour of the worst sleep I've ever had and just decide to wake up and go downstairs knowing we couldn't 
couldn't do that for a second night. So we booked a room at a hotel for a couple more nights just to get past the wedding. And then we were going to leave for home. After explaining the whole situation to my family, instead of accepting it or helping us out, most of them started getting annoyed, saying that this was just another way for us to distance ourselves from the family. We just sternly say that we already made our decision and that they were just going to have to accept it. Now, most of the family is irritated at us saying that we ruined their trip. So honestly, are we the jerks for getting a hotel after we were forced to sleep on really uncomfortable beds? No, you are not the jerks. The fact that your family didn't reserve some kind of sleeping accommodations for your very pregnant wife and make sure that the two of you had something that was appropriate specifically for her is incredibly selfish in my opinion. It is so unfair that they didn't even think about her in the first place. Like, why on earth would you put a pregnant woman in a bunk bed that is very clearly uncomfortable? That is not only incredibly inconsiderate, but it's also very selfish. And to make matters worse, nobody volunteered to help out. Nobody volunteered their bed for the pregnant woman. Like, think about that for a second. These people did not care about this pregnant lady's comfort. She's literally seven and a half months pregnant, and now they're going to make her sleep on a very uncomfortable bunk bed? Like, come on, that is so unfair. They should have been absolutely guaranteed one of the queen-size beds. But instead, they all decided to take it and say, oh, they get to sleep in the bunk bed because they were late. Like, that is honestly so disrespectful. And then when you decide to leave and get more comfortable accommodations, they sit there and try and act like, wow, you ruined our trip. Why would you try to distance yourself from the family? Like, what are you talking about? You guys are literally insane for trying to make us sleep in bunk beds. So you know what? If I was in your situation, I would have done the exact same thing. If your family wanted you and your wife there that badly, they should have offered to trade beds with you. But you know what? They didn't do that. Instead, they would rather her be uncomfortable and sleep deprived just to try and make their trip a little bit more enjoyable, which honestly is insane to me and incredibly uncalled for. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications so you never miss a video. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out in the description below and subscribe.